Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got some great nuclear revenge getting back against an ex. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, making my bully best friend pay. My earliest memory of my parents was them having a plastic mistletoe plant hung at the top of every doorframe and kissing when they passed it. They were just so in love with each other and it made me so happy. Unfortunately, they divorced when I turned 12 and it led to a lot of issues for me, anxiety being at the very top of the list. Now, if you don't know what anxiety can do to a person, I'll give you an example. Imagine quivering when asked a question, even if it's something as simple as your name. I was the shyest person ever, and when people figured that out, they didn't bother even speaking to me. As if it wasn't bad enough that I walked the school hallways on my own like a pathetic little person, they also started to pick on me. It started in middle school when my mates would make small pokes at me in the hallways and call me names. It continued until 9th grade, then they graduated to making fun of me in the cafeteria and pushing me around. I learned my lesson and began to bring my own lunch to school and eat by myself in the art room. And it was okay for a few weeks, until they found me again. When they spotted me, they would always corner me and be hurtful, laughing when I would shake in fear. One day, one of them got sick of asking me questions and getting no response, so she hit me hard on my face. I remember how confused I was when one of the most popular girls in school walked up to my bully and pushed him away from me, screaming a lot of profanities at him and causing a scene. Even as I was very uncomfortable with the gathering crowd, it was the first time anyone had ever done something like that for me, and my heart warmed immediately. It was one thing to just tell off someone, but watching her get so enraged at the bullies made me think that maybe I would find a friend in her. The popular girl and I became good friends very fast, and it was like we complimented each other in almost every way possible. I was quiet, shy, and good at school, and she was outgoing, fun, and came late to nearly everything. Sooner than I expected, we became very comfortable around each other, having sleepovers and dinner at each other's homes. Our mothers even became friends and did things together. I loved having a friend so much because it meant that I could do all the things I dreamed about when I was little. The sleepovers, talking about boys and sharing things with each other. I live for all of it and I wanted to make sure that I was the best possible friend that I could ever be to her. I mean, whatever is worth doing is worth doing well, right? My need to be a good friend, however, was not a good thing and it made me turn a blind eye to the fact that I was the only one doing a lot of the friendship things. She did really weird things, like making me skip classes and do things for her during school hours, and then during lunch, she would make me repeat secrets I told her to her other popular friends. Did it make me uncomfortable? So much. But her eyes lit up whenever I spoke, so I assumed that it would make her happy, and so I continued to do it. I just told myself that it was normal and she was only trying to make me feel more comfortable among her friends. 
In a sick, twisted way, it felt like she was trying to help me make friends. My best friend, I'll call her X, and I were friends from when she saved me from the bullies in 9th grade up until 11th grade. This is when things started to get very bad with her. By then, I'd figured out a way to combine my stressful high school schedule with being her pet dog. It was hard because we had issues whenever I wasn't there for her enough. As we approached senior year, I started to take school a little more seriously because I wanted to graduate with all A's and I didn't want anything ruining that one plan for me. X did not appreciate that at all because it meant that I wouldn't be able to be her little tag along anymore. She tried to guilt trip me into showing up to parties with her and entertaining her friends during lunch and I refused every time she asked because I always had something to do. It caused a huge rift between us. And no matter how I tried to apologize and make out time for us to hang out alone and do something that didn't include any of her other friends, we moved further apart. It hurt me a lot because she was supposed to be my best friend and support me in things I did. And even though I was used to being put last in the relationship, things had started to get to me. Our relationship remained strained and it got even worse when I started to casually go out with the one boy that finally noticed me. He was cute, charming, and also a member of the chess club like me, so we had things in common and got along pretty well. My relationship with my new boyfriend felt a lot less draining than being around my best friend, and I started to learn what being respected really felt like. Still, I was desperate to save my friendship with X, so I decided to host a sleepover with her, where we would talk about what had been going on in our lives, and then I would break the news about my relationship to her. It was the perfect plan, and so I got to work, making all of her favorite snacks and picking out movies I knew she'd like. The day of the sleepover reached, and X ghosted me. She refused to answer any of my calls or texts, and I got really worried. I stayed up till it was really late, waiting for at least a message from her to say that she was safe, but I didn't get anything. It was nearly midnight when I realized that she probably wasn't coming, and decided to clean up and get ready for bed. To stop myself from crying, I went on Instagram, where I saw countless videos and pictures taken from her parents' house, where she apparently threw a party. I didn't realize when I started crying until I couldn't see the pictures on my phone clearly anymore. I sobbed until there were no tears to cry anymore, and I eventually fell asleep. My boyfriend was very sweet and understanding about things, but I noticed that he kept defending her. It pissed me off, but I wasn't ready to fight with the only other friend I had, so I took his suggestion and went to speak to her. When she spotted me, she feigned sadness, immediately going into a long, winding story about how she had forgotten about the party and people had showed up to her house before she could make it out. She mentioned trying to leave but realizing that she had to keep the house safe so that no one broke anything. The story seemed off, because I knew that she didn't joke with her parties, but before I could point anything out, she had already started to shed tears. I believed her because it seemed like she really missed me, and we hugged and made up. She was really sweet to me for the rest of the week, and even set up another sleepover by herself. I was really excited for the sleepover, and we did all the stereotypical best friend sleepover things. By the time I'd eaten dinner and dessert, I was tired enough to fall asleep. That was my first mistake, leaving her wide awake and unsupervised in my room. The school year's end reached and we had to write exams. I tried to study with my boyfriend and ex, but they made things a little slower for me so I mainly studied on my own. 
The Friday before the week exams were supposed to begin, my ex-best friend called me into an empty classroom and locked the door behind us. She told me that the exam papers had been delivered to a teacher and that she needed help getting just one of them. I refused to help, letting her know that we could face serious penalties if we were even heard talking about it. She called me a prude and a few other very colorful names, but I still wasn't letting up. She then tried to coerce me softly, telling me how all of the cool kids in school would want to be my friends and how they would forever be indebted to me. That almost got me because she was using my own fear against me, but I stood my ground, firmly telling her no. She got upset and told me that I had just passed up the opportunity to make some more cool friends for myself and that I would regret it. We didn't speak to each other for a while after that. On the last day of exams, I got called into the principal's office and accused of leaking exam questions to my classmates. The very thing I'd been against doing in the first place. I tried to argue my case, but there was very little I could say when there was a suspicious amount of eyewitnesses confessing to having seen me. I had a good idea of who pulled the elaborate stunt, but I forced myself not to think about it. As a punishment, I was banned from all the school events that were going to take place, and I had to do community service during the first month of summer school. I spent the entire month by myself with a minimal contact with the outside world, and not once did my boyfriend or my best friend call me or try to visit. The month passed soon enough, and I decided that I would confront my best friend about knowing that she lied against me. Coincidentally, she invited me to one of her summer parties, and I thought it would be the best opportunity. From the second I entered into her parents' mansion, I had a really bad feeling in my gut, so I would try to be quick. I thought I was being paranoid until I walked into my best friend and my boyfriend hooking up in a room. I was heartbroken and couldn't help the sob that escaped. They heard me before I had the chance to leave. I just wanted to go home and cry but it seemed like X and my boyfriend had other plans. They grabbed me and took me downstairs, where the TV was turned on and pictures of me showed up. In retrospect, they weren't that embarrassing. I was doing normal things like putting a retainer in, wearing cartoon character PJs and picking my nose. There were even a few sneaky pics of my parents and I going to church as well. They were normal pictures, but I was so hurt and so bitter, I couldn't believe that the people I trusted were doing this to me. I ran away and stayed indoors, scheming how to convince my parents to let me change schools. My mom noticed that I was down and made me follow her to the pharmacy that she owned, and I worked alongside her as a receptionist. It was an okay job, and the money was a plus. I didn't hate it, and my mom's staff were great as well. Life started to pick up slightly until X and her now boyfriend showed up to buy condoms. Immediately I saw them. I felt so much anger but forced myself to stay cordial with them. Condoms were normally kept on the counter, but since they'd finished I went to the store to pick some more. Once I was in here, a brilliant idea came to me. I found a syringe needle and poked tiny, almost invisible holes in all the five they were purchasing, throwing in an extra one as a gift. I can't explain the joy that came over me, but it was a lot. When I went back out, I was so giddy that when they kissed in front of me, I asked them to be safe. Honestly, after the joy of what I did died down, I felt some guilt about the whole interaction days later. When school resumed the next semester, X was nowhere to be found. I didn't care enough to ask about her, 
but the news got around that she had gotten pregnant and her boyfriend and his parents moved out of town to avoid responsibility. X's parents were staunch Catholics, so they wouldn't allow her to end the pregnancy either. She had to keep the kid. It felt so evil, but I was overjoyed that my little plan I had forgotten about worked. I was so unbothered by everything else that happened to me, and I focused on the fact that I'd successfully messed with her the way she did me, probably even worse. X didn't carry the baby to term, as it miscarried at four months, but at that time, I was far away in college, happy and productive, while she needed a repeat of 12th grade, as her pregnancy caused her to drop out. Moral of the story, don't be a bully. Although that's some crazy revenge OP pulled, let's be real, it probably wasn't even the revenge OP did. They probably were just irresponsible regardless. I'm almost willing to bet the only reason they went and purchased that at the store was just to like make a show to OP. That said, our next story is how I played my ex's game. My parents have always told me that I loved bright things right from when I was little. I loved being praised and noticed for everything I did, whether it was admirable or not. Being the only girl among three kids also made sure that I got most of the things that I wanted. My parents had my brothers when they were in their 20s, and then I was a joyous little mistake that came by when they'd reached their mid-40s. So they all treated me like a little princess and gave me absolutely everything I asked for. As a child, one of the other things I really Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Really loved was food. I was always hungry and looking for the next thing to eat, and nobody had it in their hearts to stop me from eating so much. Instead, they would back me and reward me with more snacks and candy. I mean, who could refuse me? an oversized and very adorable child from doing what I wanted. It was a plus that I was pretty good most of the time and rarely gave any trouble, except, of course, when I was hungry and left unattended near the kitchen. Not that I intend to blame anyone, but now that I think back, maybe someone should have supervised my eating when I started to get older. I understand that everyone was already pretty grown up, and the easiest way to stop me from getting in their way was to let me eat until I was in a food coma, but still, there should have been some sort of rule concerning my eating, seeing as I was a round ball. I couldn't blame them though, my parents were first generation Russian immigrants, and as a Russian, being very chubby was the utmost sign of a very healthy child. I went through preschool and elementary school pretty normally, as a lot of my classmates at that time were just as chubby as me with baby fat, so I didn't stand out too much from everyone else. 
By the time I was transitioning into middle school, puberty had started for most kids my age, and they were growing into their taller, prettier, and more gangly selves. There were many emotions flying about, and a lot of friendship groups had also started to turn more permanent, but I found myself alone more often. Being younger than most of my mates by two years made me a little isolated, and since puberty hadn't hit for me, I didn't have a lot in common with my classmates anymore. It wouldn't have bothered me too much if my brothers were still loving and doting over me, but they were all done with college and had started to move on to their personal lives, leaving me alone with my pretty old and extremely busy parents. My oldest brother was already married, the brother right behind him, although he still lived at home, worked a lot and was soon to be married, while the brother that was directly older than me just moved to New York to pursue a career. I was lonely at home, and my social life was also in shambles, pretty much non-existent. It seemed like there was just one thing that could make me feel better, which was food. With barely anyone around to cook for me, I dug out my parents' cookbooks and began to learn to cook for myself. And by age 13, I was the one who made dinner for myself and my parents. At that age, I was already a freshman in high school, and I was also a loner. All of my friends were teachers who were pretty impressed by my academic record, but they were also adults with lives and responsibilities. Whatever relationships we had ended right after school, so it barely solved my loneliness issue. With no friends my age and no invites to any social activities outside school, I had no option but to get very good at my studies. I thought it would help me make some friends if I joined clubs and engaged in school activities once in a while, but it didn't work. I was just the fat girl who showed off so much that she became the teacher's pet. The sadder I was, the more I turned to food and by the time I was a junior in high school, I was a size 14. My parents only saw their beautiful and smart little girl, and no matter how busy they got, they never failed to let me know that. But I was too caught up in my own little head that I refused to acknowledge it or believe anything that they said. Even my brothers who lived far away had started to notice that I was no longer the happy little girl they knew. They called me a lot and had me visit during weekends and short holidays, but it wasn't enough to make me less depressed. With all my free time, I had the opportunity to volunteer at different clubs in school. My favorite was the journalism club because I had to use my brains more than any other buddy, which worked perfectly for me. Once I started to get properly acquainted, I found that I made friends a little easier. Most of the kids there were just as shy as me, and soon we found that we had a lot in common. Before long, I went from having no friends to having four people that could relate to my pains and didn't make me feel like my body was a hindrance to them. They carried me along, and I found myself being happy in their presence. One of them in particular was the boy that would later break my heart into a million tiny pieces. My ex. He was a charming boy with nice blonde hair, a pretty fit body, and a nice sense of style. I fell really quick, but I couldn't let it show because he was so much cooler, played soccer, and just was so much more popular than me. I didn't think of it as anything when he asked me to hang out alone in the bleachers or when he brought me food. I mean, he was the president of the club and maybe he did the same thing for others. I hid my feelings until he asked me to come to his soccer game, had a jersey with his name printed on the back personalized for me, and then kissed me after his team won the game. If that didn't scream, we're officially dating, then I don't know what else could. I was so smitten with my new relationship, but even more, I was obsessed with the new friends that I had. 
so obsessed, so obsessed, that I didn't notice that they seemed fake and fickle despite how obvious it was. They always smiled at me, had their cameras out to film me, and laughed extra hard when I said or did anything. I thought it to be regular friend things. After all, I'd never had friends before, so I adjusted. I started to do whatever my ex wanted, sending half-unclothed pictures of me despite being really self-conscious about it, waking up super early to go jogging, and even eating a few times less than I usually did. He praised me for losing weight, and that felt good. So I attached myself to it, completely disconnecting myself from my family. By senior year, I'd been with my ex for 11 months, dropped to a size 10, developed bulimia and a terrible binge eating habit, and even more severe self-esteem issues. On prom night, my ex-boyfriend and his friends gathered on the stage and killed a huge part of me with their behaviors. They had compiled all the videos they had taken of me over the past couple of months, all the intimate pictures I'd sent to him, and even my childhood pictures from my parents' Facebook, and played it for the entire school to see. After which, he called me every insulting name imaginable and told me how terrible it had been prank dating me. He had a sneer on his face that was ingrained in my head for a while, and I was horrified. I couldn't believe my luck, and I walked all the way home teary-eyed but numb. My parents found out about it, but I begged them to let it go. High school was already over, and there was no need making a fuss over something that couldn't be changed. Right after my graduation, I went to New York for uni and I was set to stay with my older brother. He was pretty loaded by that time, so life was good for me. He put me up for therapy and I started working out, but for myself this time, not just to lose weight. I studied journalism and my brother was a big shot in the New York tech space, so getting a job wasn't hard at all. Along the line, I met a man who said he was a model scout and told me that I would make a lovely model. Because of my tainted body image, I turned him down politely. We still spoke for a while before he admitted to liking me and asked me out on a date. Now, it had been a little over four years since I graduated high school, but I still had dating PTSD. I was hesitant, but the man was unrelenting and very sweet. He was also rich and showered me with gifts and affection until I fell for him as well. It was so different from my initial relationship and I was very happy. There was an age gap of about 24 years, so he was nearly in his 50s. But he was a silver fox, with a lot of hair and a very fit body, so he looked a little younger. I enjoyed my time with him, and we'd already begun to say I love you to each other by the third month of dating. Despite his age, my family also thought him to be lovely, so we had their approval. I knew that he had an adult son who lived with his ex-wife and had been divorced since his son was three. He had never remarried since. One weekend, we were set to go to his place in the Hamptons, but the weather was so bad that we decided to make it a staycation at his loft in New York. It was the first time I was at his place for longer than just staying the night, but I loved it. We had a bubble bath together, hooked up, and he even cooked for me. We also shared some stories and I told them about my high school experience. He was loving, understanding, and apologized on the behalf of the jerk, promising me that he would never do something like that. The next morning, he proposed to me, telling me that it was the reason we were to go to the Hamptons, but the weather ruined his plans. I was so happy that I started to cry, but I said yes and we informed my family. I started to stay at his house more often, 
And one day, while snooping around, I found a picture of a face that made a lot of buried emotions resurface. I asked my fiancé, and he said that the person in the photo was his son. My ex was my fiancé's son. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Because how could such a perfect man birth such a spawn of Satan? I was sad for a while, but then I jumped at the opportunity of revenge to make my ex pay. I started to talk about planning our wedding, and my fiancé was more than happy to get right into it with me. There was no elaborate engagement party or anything because we jumped straight to the rehearsal dinner when our families would meet for the first time. It was the most entertaining night of my life, watching my ex trying to figure out if he was just seeing things or if I was really the one. He ogled at me the entire night, and when he could spare a second, he pulled me aside to demand that I stop seeing his father immediately. I let him rant until he was red in the face before putting him in his place. I wasn't upset or anything, just amused at the fact that he had the audacity to even speak to me after all that he and his friends put me through in high school. My fiancé comforted me after the dinner, and I let him know that his son was the jerk who broke my heart and ruined my reputation. He was understanding, very livid, and even agreed with me to help me in my plan for revenge. We had the wedding at my fiancé's house in the Hamptons. A lovely and elegant wedding where my brother's girlfriend was my maid of honor and my ex was his father's best man. My family knew our story and it was hilarious to watch them scowl at my ex, making him visibly uncomfortable all through his father's wedding. Besides that, it went very well and we had our honeymoon in Bali for three entire months. When we got back, we got news that my ex's mother had kicked him out due to some bad behavior and he was pretty down on his luck. His father agreed to house him for six months while he tried to pick himself back up. I could tell that he was very uncomfortable seeing his father and I together, but he had to get used to it, because I was here to stay. I fell pregnant barely six months into our marriage, and my now husband was so excited that he forbade me from doing a lot of things until the baby was born. Because he still had to work, he made sure that my ex was at my beck and call, letting him know that it was either that or he would have to leave the house and find himself somewhere else to stay by. Nothing feels sweeter than revenge, especially if it's the kind of revenge that you can see the person's face. I know that my ex will still feel weird for as long as he lives, and he also won't be able to talk about our situation to anyone. Because how will he explain to the rest of the world that his father got married to his ex-girlfriend, who he treated like absolute crap in high school? It's a bit of a weird situation to be in, but one that is well deserved. This is definitely a very bizarre situation. I almost wonder if the ex had this conception that maybe OP was doing this solely for revenge, but it definitely makes it so much better that they actually just have a good thing with the ex's father. And, like, that's plenty of revenge just by having a loving, good relationship that really forces the ex to humble himself. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 